Chapter 28, A History of California, the Spanish Period. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 28, Junipero Serra. Best known of the names in Alta California history, even at the present time, is that of Junipero Serra, first father president of the Franciscan missions. Only a few years ago, scarcely one in a hundred had heard of Bucareli, and not many more could have identified Galvez. Portola had some slight vogue, but the much more important Anza, Garces, and Neve were obscurely recalled or completely forgotten. Though Serra was but one among a number who deserved well of posterity, it was largely due to his fame that not only his own achievements, but those of his companions as well, have at length been made known to the Californians of today. Junipero Serra stands out as one of the greatest figures of his time in Alta California. He came to the province with the first expedition of occupation, and shared, therefore, with Portola in the glamour of a conquest. He devoted himself unselfishly to the regeneration of a savage people, a task which makes a human appeal, and, as a result, men of all faiths have been able to unite in glorifying him as a successful missionary. But these facts would not have distinguished him from Portola on the one hand, or Father Lasuean on the other. Much more important as affecting his fame was the publication of a biography prepared by his lifelong friend, ardent admirer, and co-worker, Francisco Palou. Palou's volume was written to prove the great work of Father Serra. It seems probable, as has been asserted, that the author hoped it might help to procure the beatification of his revered brother Franciscan. In accord with the extravagant style of the period, the book displayed a tendency to colorful writing and was replete with miraculous happenings. Yet, it was also a history of Alta California, grouped around the life of Sarah. Published shortly after Sarah's death, it remained for nearly a century almost the only history of the early days that had ever appeared. Naturally, therefore, Father Sarah has walked through many thousands of pages of print, with the advantage, too, of having his tale presented under the most favorable circumstances. Is it any wonder, then, that there sprang up a veritable Sierra legend? There was the Sarah of Miracles, recited by Palou, the reputed saving of the colony in 1770, and even a hazy notion that he had planned and led the expeditions at that time, after which, as many believed, he became ruler of the province. He was clothed with all the blandly benign attributes which people believe ordinarily that a saint should have, a garment which ill-fitted the strenuous and hard-fighting friar. When all is said and done, however, the venerable Junipero comes out far better in the light of the facts than have the heroes of other historic legends. He himself loses nothing when the test is applied. His glory is dimmed, if at all, only in that it is necessary to give a meed of praise to others. His legendary fame attracted Californians to the story of their past. Thus, there developed that remarkable interest in local history which has long been a characteristic of the citizens of the Golden State, and which led, inevitably, to an investigation of the record. 
Bucareli, Galvez, Anza, Garces, Neve, Lasuen, and even Portala may well render thanks to Serra, as should he in turn to Palu. Thus, too, it is poetically correct to say that Serra should be the hero of fiction and of the mission play, for he stands as the symbol in the minds of Californians of the days when their state belonged to Spain. The real Serra was indeed a remarkable man. Already at an advanced age when he came to Alta California, he nevertheless possessed the traits which were most needed in the pioneer. He was an enthusiastic, battling, almost quarrelsome, fearless, keen-witted, fervidly devout, unselfish, single-minded missionary. He subordinated everything, and himself most of all, to the demands of his evangelical task as he understood it. Withal, his administration as Father President was so sound, and his grasp of the needs of the province so clear, that he was able to exercise a greater authority than would ordinarily have been permitted. Though he fought with local governors, he won the confidence of Bucareli, who preferred his judgment to that of either Fagas or Rivera. Thus, he was able, in a measure, to attain his ends in the face of gubernatorial opposition, and so, too, he must be given credit for much that was done because it was at his advice that many projects were undertaken. Father Serra was born on November 24, 1713, of humble parents in the village of Petra on the island of Mallorca, one of the Balearic Islands to the east of Spain. Footnote. Two hundred years later, in 1913, a monument was raised to Father Serra in the principal square of his native town. The writer was present as a delegate of the State and University of California. In footnote. Baptized Miguel Jose, he took the name Junipero on entering the Franciscan order. This he did at the early age of sixteen years. In due time he became a doctor of theology and an able preacher. In 1749, now nearly thirty-six, he turned up at Cadiz as one of a number of missionaries who were about to embark for New Spain. Just prior to his departure, he wrote a letter to his brother Franciscan and relative Francisco Serra, giving ample testimony of his love for family, and even more so of his religious fervor. A portion of the letter follows, quote, Friend of my heart, I lack words to tell you how much sorrow I feel in leaving you, and please repeat the same thing to my family, who, I have no doubt, must also feel grief at seeing me leave. I would like to impress upon them the great joy I feel. I intend to pledge myself to go there and never return. The vocation of the apostolic preacher, especially under the present circumstances, is the best which one could desire to go into. His life may be long or brief, but if he knows how to compare its length with eternity, he will see clearly that, in any event, it could not be more than an instant. Such is the will of God, and I shall render him the little assistance I can. If he does not wish us to be together in life, he will unite us in immortal glory. Tell them that I am very sorry not to be with them as I was before, to comfort them. But they ought to have in mind also that the principal thing must be held first, and that is the will of God. For nothing else but the love of God would I have left them. End quote. 
thus did he renounce home and country to consecrate himself irrevocably to his task the voyage to new spain was described by palou who also made it in a brief and somewhat colorless account serra himself wrote about it most vividly and at great length to francisco serra owing to shortage of fresh water they were obliged to make port at the city of puerto rico san juan where they remained fifteen days here the religious were most active in holding services for the inhabitants with the humility customary in the language of friars at that time serra who had just recounted the wonderful preaching of others somewhat naively proclaimed his own failure as follows quote, when i preached not a sigh was heard although i preached on fervent subjects and in a loud voice but palou insists no doubt with correctness that sarah's preaching was a distinct success after going on the rocks in a first attempt to get clear from the island port the vessel soon afterward made the open sea nearing vera cruz it ran into a violent storm which all but wrecked it according to sarah it was probably due to santa barbara whom the religious had selected as their patron saint to save them that the danger was averted on december tenth therefore after more than three months out of cadiz since august twenty ninth he landed at vera cruz looking back over the voyage he displayed that pride in his own sea legs that many another in all ages has shown quote, i have had nothing at all the matter with me indeed i am the only one of all the religious both franciscans and dominicans twenty-seven and seven respectively and the servants of both groups as well who was not seasick while the rest were almost dead i never so much as realized that i was at sea and that is the real truth unquote. It is reassuring to know, too, that Sarah was enough of a human being to evince an interest in matters of food and drink, as appears at several points in the letter just cited. Soon after their arrival in New Spain, Sarah and Palou were sent to the Sierra Gorda missions in modern Tamaulipas and northeastern Mexico, where the former was father president from 1750 to 1759, residing with palou at the mission of santiago de halpan in seventeen fifty eight orders came for serra to undertake the more dangerous mission among the indians of northern texas the spanish efforts to obtain a foothold there centered about the region of san saba but the settlements had never been prosperous before serra had a chance to enter this new field there occurred the massacre of seventeen fifty eight which wiped out that post not knowing that this would operate to prevent his going serra wrote a stirring account of the massacre to his nephew miguel and petra telling especially of the miracles which had followed the martyrdom of father jose santesteban nowhere in the letter was there the slightest intimation of his being afraid to go there rather it seems probable as palou states that he earnestly desired this dangerous service all that Sarah himself said in the letter just cited was the following, quote, In place of my happy beloved friend, the holy mandate is now sending there this miserable sinner, who is your uncle, together with Father Fray Francisco Palou. I recognize my uselessness and incompetence for so great an undertaking, but God is able, even through the agency of nothing itself, 
to achieve works which redound to his glory. End quote. Footnote. The members of Sarah's branch of the Franciscan order frequently, almost habitually, styled themselves individually as nothing itself. In footnote. The death of the Viceroy in New Spain caused a postponement of the project to re-establish the mission, and shortly afterward, the plan was given up. But for this change, California would in all probability never have had Sarah as father president of the missions, and Texas might today be proclaiming him as one of her early heroes. From 1759 to 1767, Serra spent much of the time at the Franciscan College of San Fernando in Mexico City. He also traveled about as a commissioner of the Inquisition. In 1768, he became Father President of the Fernandine Missions of Baja, California, whence he went to Alta, California with the expeditions of 1769. From then until his death in 1784, he was Father President of the Missions in the Northern Province. Nine missions were founded during his presidency. Not only in religious matters, but also in every other phase of Alta California affairs, he played an important part. Possibly his greatest individual service was that which he performed in connection with his visit of 1773 to Mexico City. It was then that he gave Bucareli the information and advice which enabled the latter for the first time to get a clear understanding of the situation in Alta California. Just prior to his return, Sarah wrote a letter to his nephew telling what he had done during the past five years. In none of the letters of his private correspondence that have thus far come to light is the missionary ardor of Father Junipero more clearly and unaffectedly set forth. Already nearly sixty years old, he seemed impatient of anything that had no direct relation to his spiritual task. He had definitely left family and native land behind. He spoke of the possibility of further letters from him in such a way as to imply that he might not write again. And indeed, no further Sarah letters have been found in the files at Petra. Even his remembrances to Majorcan friends were coupled with a desire for their prayers that he might become a better missionary. Among other things, he told how his journey to Mexico had broken his health, with the result that he had nearly died while at Guadalajara before reaching the capital. Quote, After a few days, they ordered the last sacraments to be administered to me, and I was in great danger. When the continuous fever broke into tertian, I went on my way and arrived at the city of Querétaro, once again so weak that they also ordered the last sacraments to be administered. Soon, however, I got better, and at last reached this holy college of San Fernando. For a long time, I was very weak and without appetite. But now, blessed be God, I am completely restored to health. Not less interesting in this connection is a letter written in August 1773 by Father Pablo Font of the College of San Fernando to a brother friar in Catalonia. Quote, the Father President, Junipero Serra, is a religious of the observant order, a man of very venerable age, formerly a professor at the University of Palma, who during twenty-four years since he has been a missionary of this college has never spared himself in toiling for the conversion of the faithful and the unfaithful. Footnote. 
observant is one of the names of the minorite branch of the franciscan friars in footnote notwithstanding his many and laborious years he has the qualities of a lion which surrenders only to fever neither the habitual indispositions from which he suffers especially in the chest and in difficulty of breathing nor the wounds in his feet and legs have been able to detain him a moment from his apostolic tasks he has astonished us during his recent sojourn for although very sick he never failed day or night to take part in the choir much less when he had fever we have seen him apparently dead only to be immediately revived if now and then he attended to the needs of bodily health at the infirmary it was only because he was ordered to go there sometimes in his journeys among the faithful and the unfaithful he has become so ill on account of his wounds and other infirmities that it was necessary to carry him on a stretcher but he did not wish to stop to cure his half-dead body and soon he would be restored to health through the influence of divine providence alone in very truth on account of these things and because of the austerity of his life his humility charity and other virtues he is worthy to be counted among the imitators of the apostles and now he is returning as if it were nothing to monterey a distance of a thousand leagues by sea and land to visit those missions and rejoice them by his presence and by the measures which he has procured and to preside over them and found other missions until he shall die may god grant him many years of life much more could i say of this holy man he has at various times been elected father superior but he was never confirmed either on account of his absence or because the prelates thought it was wiser not to withdraw such an extraordinary man from his apostolic tasks it was in the spirit reflected in these letters that father sarah performed his work as father president very much of a human being though he was the man nevertheless was subordinate at all times to the religious to tell what sarah did in alta california would necessitate touching on every phase of affairs in the province during his life it is more important perhaps to direct attention to the nature of his authority so as to make clear what he himself could and could not do the clue to an accurate estimate is in an understanding of the already discussed institution of the real patronato footnote see chapter twelve in which the whole question of the mission is taken up in footnote from this it will appear that the father presidents in alta california were as much subject to the king and viceroy as the various presidial captain save only in the spiritual attributes of their profession in earlier times mission presidents were occasionally granted a much wider authority that was true of the jesuits in baja california prior to their expulsion there the jesuit rectors were indeed responsible under the viceroy for all that was done for they headed the military and political establishment as well as the religious in alta california father serra and his successors had religious authority only while the military and political resided in the governor the father president and the governor were to a certain extent independent of each other but both were subject to the viceroy of new spain or to the commandant general of the frontier provinces during part of the time after seventeen seventy six 
save for the higher authority of the political rulers of New Spain and the father superior of San Fernando, who was himself a subordinate in a measure of the viceroy, the father president held absolute power over the missionaries of his flock, and they in turn exercised an almost absolute control over their individual missions, as already pointed out. The semi-independence of the mission guard, almost the only authority outstanding from the friars, was a fruitful source of quarrels with the governors. The latter tended to emphasize its freedom from mission jurisdiction, while the missionaries held that it should be altogether subordinate to their wishes. The father president was not empowered to take action on his own responsibility, but was permitted to make recommendations directly to the viceroy instead of through the office of the governor. In fine, therefore, a dual power was established in Alta California. When the two elements clashed, the governor usually had the advantage for he commanded the troops of the province and as a military man might expect to get a more sympathetic hearing from the viceroy or commandant general, who in most cases was soldier too. But the friars, as a result of their intellectual attainments and the unselfishness of their pretensions, were often able to gain their objects. Furthermore, they were the only element in the province with economic resources at their command, for the missions produced almost all that was raised in Alta California during the Spanish period. The father presidents are therefore entitled to be considered, with the governors, as one of the two ruling elements in the province. From this, it is clear that Serra had no such opportunity as that vouchsafed Salvatierra in Baja California. The latter must be considered as the conqueror and governor of Baja California, while Serra was never the dominant figure in Alta California. Indeed, the absolutist kings of Spain had just previously banished the Jesuits because they were frightened by the power to which that order had attained, and any attempted restoration of the Jesuit system was distinctly frowned upon. Serra, no doubt, would have preferred a position such as the Jesuits had enjoyed, because then he could have pursued his work of Christianization untrammeled, both Galvez and Bucareli had insisted, too, that the propagation of the faith was the primary task of the Spaniards in Alta California, and if they thought this more from the standpoint of its utility to the empire, Serra understood it literally as affecting the kingdom of God. It was on this account that he quarreled almost incessantly with the governors, claiming that they were not advancing the interests of the mission establishments and that they were endeavoring unduly to exercise authority over the friars. On the other hand, the governors felt that theirs would be an empty government if it did not include a perfectly definite authority over the missions for whose defense they were responsible and to which they furnished soldiers. Clashes were therefore inevitable, and it was only a question of temperaments how far they should be carried. Beyond a doubt, Sarah had far more friction with the governors than did his successor Father Lassouin, but this was not wholly due to their differences in disposition. The problems were newer in Serra's day, the state of the province less secure, and the men with whom he had to deal, especially Felipe de Neve, were perhaps somewhat less amenable to argument than were the governors of a later day. At any rate, Serra was usually able to gain his point, and knew how to seize on some of the petty annoyances put upon him by the governors to help his case in more important affairs. 
he was able to procure the dismissal of Fagas and the appointment of Rivera in his place. But the new man proved more of a thorn in his flesh than the old. Largely with the view to sustaining Serra's position in his quarrels with Rivera, Bucareli caused the latter to be transferred and put Felipe de Neve in command. Felipe de Neve was an able governor, but one cannot help feeling that judgment should be given in favor of Serra in most of the disputes that they had. Indeed, the governor not infrequently displayed that vindictive spirit which at a later time, already discussed, characterized his relations with Anza. A first issue arose between them over the question whether double rations for five years should be granted to the friars at three new missions, as had been the custom formerly, in accord with provisions made in the Escheveste Reglamento. Neve held that the law applied only to the first five missions of Alta California. In this instance, the governor scored and was eventually sustained. A little while later, Neve questioned Serra's authority to administer the right of confirmation to Christian converts. This power had been granted to Serra, but Neve pointed out that it had never been sanctioned by the Commandant General Teodoro de Croix. It was found eventually that Serra's right had been formally approved before the separate jurisdiction of the frontier provinces was established. Thus, Serra won, but not until he had suffered an annoying delay of nearly two years. The most serious conflict arose over Neve's provision for the missions in the reglamento of which he was the author. He contemplated the founding of a chain of missions some fifteen or twenty leagues inland, but these were to be a new type of establishment. A church and a residence for the friar in charge were to be built, but no animals or implements of husbandry provided. Indeed, the governmental and economic phases of mission life were to be abandoned, and the task of the friar was to be limited to the religious instruction. One friar at a mission instead of the customary two was deemed to be enough, and furthermore it was intended that the number at the older missions should eventually be reduced to one. These provisions became law when the Neve Reglamento was approved by the highest authority, but the Franciscans, both in Alta California and at the college in Mexico, unceasingly opposed putting the law into effect. Sarah refused to found new missions on that basis, and the father superior of the college declined to send any additional friars to Alta California. Of course, they could have been compelled to take action, but they were not. Perhaps it was fortunate for them that Neve did not long remain in Alta California after his reglamento went into effect. At any rate, the matter never came to a head, though it remained a dread possibility even into the presidency of Father Lasuen. And so at length, after a career which had touched the affairs of the province at every point, the venerable Father Presidents was attacked by what proved to be his last illness. Already past seventy, and enfeebled by hardship and the self-imposed rigors of an austere Christian life, he knew that his time to die had come. He sent for Father Palou to be present, and with the utmost resignation prepared himself for the event. He insisted on going about his religious tasks as usual, and the very day before his death walked a distance of about a hundred yards in order to receive the Holy Communion in church. On the 28th of August, 1784, he passed away, 
and the next day was buried in the church at the Carmel Mission near the remains of his former companion in religion, Father Juan Crespi. The news of his death was received with great sorrow by his brethren in Mexico. Immediately thereafter, the Father Superior of San Fernando penned the following letter to the observant order in Mallorca. Quote, the news of the death of our beloved fellow countryman, Father Junipero Serra, occurring at the mission of San Carlos, has just reached us from our missions of Monterey, of which he was president. Footnote. This is an instance of the use of Monterey for all of Alta California. In footnote. Like just and pious men before his time, he died under such circumstances that all those around him not only shed tears, but were also of the opinion that his happy soul went straight to heaven to enjoy the reward of his thirty-four years of great and ceaseless labors performed for our beloved Jesus, whom he ever kept in mind as undergoing untold suffering for our redemption. Such was the kindness which he always showed these poor Indians, that he amazed not only people in general, but also persons of high standing, all saying that he was a saint, and that his ways were those of an apostle. This pious view of him was held from the time he arrived in the kingdom, and has continued to be held without any interruption whatsoever. Thus died Junipero Serra, the most famous of the missionaries of Alta California. Footnote. This chapter is based principally on documents translated and edited by Charles S. Mitrani and the writer, and published under the title New Light on Father Sarah in Grizzly Bear Magazine, Los Angeles, March, May, 1917. In footnote. End of chapter 28.